Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Today is episode four, an interview with some homeschool graduates. I'm Vicki Tillman, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Sabrina Justison, and we're, wait a minute, Sabrina's not even here. Sabrina is on a road trip to California with some of her kids. Big homeschool field trip in just a way. So I'm feeling kind of lonely, and so I think this is a good day to have an interview with some other folks. So today we're going to talk to Seth Tillman and Caroline West. Seth is my youngest. He graduated from homeschool high school in 2014 and is a sophomore at Cecil College in the music department. So he and my son-in-law, Justin, actually wrote and performed and recorded the music that you hear on the Homeschool High School podcast. And Caroline West is our other guest. She graduated homeschooling high school in 2015. Caroline is one of those kids that we always went to at our homeschool umbrella school when we had big projects that needed to be done, like yearbooks or canned food drives or things like that, uh, because she could actually get the process done, and people still liked her on the other side because she has social skills. So today she's at the University of Delaware as an art history major. So let me introduce Seth and Caroline, and we are going to start the interview. So this is Vicki, and I am here interviewing two homeschool high school graduates, Seth and Caroline. So would you guys tell us where you guys are in the educational process right now? Um, I'm Seth, and I am in my sophomore year at uh, community college. I'm Caroline, and I'm a freshman at the University of Delaware. So, and how did you guys do homeschool high school? What did y'all do for getting your transcripts and credits and extracurriculars and things like that? Um, I was in an umbrella school um, for high school and I did co-ops um, before that. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, did, I was at the same homeschool, umbrella school, but I was for sixth and seventh grade I was very traditionally homeschooled at home and then I went to the umbrella school and I took all my classes there. So you're you're allowed to say the name of the umbrella school. Mount Sophia. (laughs) So what are some things about homeschooling high school through an umbrella school and co-ops that you guys found beneficial that you would recommend to other people? Um, I personally love the flexibility of your schedule and you, it very much depends on the student themselves because I'm very determined and very much care about my education and I'm very good at making sure I get my stuff done and so I was able to make my own schedule because we only had school twice a week. So if you time managed, you could get things done and you could be able to do whatever you wanted really. But some kids that they don't have the drive to be able to do things like that. Um, yeah, it's really prepared you for um, college because it's basically the way it's set up at Mount Sophia. It's 
mini college. Yeah, it's essentially the same thing as a community college. You just mm-hmm. we just got to choose whatever classes we wanted to take there. Um, anything else, anything that we didn't take there, you had to take at home. Um, so learning to use a syllabus that the classes yeah. use oh, was yeah. helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some people in my college classes still don't know how to use a syllabus. And it amazes me. Sorry. <laughs> Do you need doing? to turn it off? I need to turn the heater off. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the heater sounds. <laughs> Has that been on the whole time? No. Okay. It just came off. We can just edit this part out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tried lately. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing about this. If we don't like part, we'll take it out. All right, so, so in an umbrella school, you can set your own course schedule and take classes as often or as seldom as you want and make your own study schedules and mm-hmm. learn how to use a syllabus and drive yourself. So it's very good mm-hmm. for self-motivated students. But it's definitely not for everybody. Some people really need to be told to do things and they just don't take the initiative they just they're just not that personality and I feel like people like that definitely need to be in a more traditional constructed environment yes so they can't push themselves it's really hard for parents to push their kids who don't want to be pushed uh, so if if they might do well on a one-on-one at home homeschool thing or Mm -hmm. a a different setting yeah and everybody's different yeah I don't know I mean I feel like I feel like Mount Sophia is good for kids like that because it gives them a chance to to learn how they need to time manage rather than, I don't know, I feel like if you're at home and it's just your parent teaching you, then you're going to be even less motivated to yeah. do the work. Yeah, it's really hard for some, like I can't personally learn from my mom. I can't just because we're both very, very independent people, and when one independent person tries to tell another independent person what to do, it just ends up in a disaster. So do y'all have some favorite moments from classes or activities that you did through the homeschool umbrella that you liked? Um, I Was it Narnia where we did the dancing? Was it that class? Was it... Did we do no, that we did. was oh well maybe no, it was for the space it. trilogy. Was it for the space trilogy or not? We did the the the, the uh, I don't know the one from Paralandra. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did the great dance at the yeah. end of um, was it Paralandra? Yeah. yeah, maybe yeah. maybe mm-hmm. you did it for Narnia as well. Yeah. But. I don't remember which class. It was one that yeah. you, it was one that you taught, and I really I thought that was really fun to get to go. I like going out and doing things and so we did this great dance <laughs> so we did the the renaissance style mm-hmm. medieval style grand entrance of the dance yes mm-hmm. so that's <laughs> stuck in your memories yeah well and we just got very good books yeah they were really good you're good not going to read the space trilogy in um normal public con- school <laughs> or normal context yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. So you guys had a whole year of C.S. Lewis through the Umbrella School. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I personally loved in high school was being the yearbook editor because that gave me a lot of opportunity to grow my leadership skills and learn how to deal with (laughs) certain people and lead people 
and I love I just love planning things so I loved getting to create the events that we were gonna do the spirit days and charity events and everything it made me feel really involved and like I was doing a difference in the student body so what kind of spirit days and charitable things did y'all do we did we always have color wars which is for the different grades they dress up in their different colors and whoever goes the most extreme wins and that's probably the most popular yeah yeah that one's the one that gets participated in the most and then there's we had neon day um disney day day, color day oh yeah no color school color school color day was where you everyone just wore the school colors yeah and hmm, and i don't think a name was ever agreed yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a little out there um we did dapper day where everyone dressed up and so there were there were a lot of cool ones and for charity we did coat drives we did food drives because at the location of our school there was a pantry and so if they were running low we would try and help them out in that way there had to have been more right spirit days yeah 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 they just did a yearbook (laughs) i can't remember what we did disney day or something or we did decade day yeah, we did Decade Day, Disney Day. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. not important. Maybe that's not what how you're about, about. How about How about things that you did, Seth, at the... Um, my favorite thing that I did in, at Mount Sophia was the... We put on, we put on the uh, 80s concert for modern history class. Hmm. Um, <laughs> it made the two-hour history class more bearable. Yeah, it was... Oh man, that was awesome. Um, so we learned. I don't think we ever did. We don't think we did the full song of everything, um, but we did like "Carry On My Wayward Son" mm-hmm. and "Video Killed the Radio Star" and cool. "Separate Ways" by Journey, and then we finished it off with "You Can't Touch This" by <laughs> MC Hammer. So you guys mm-hmm. were dressed up '80s style yeah. sort, and played I mean, sort of we, played the instruments. They had, they had white T-shirts we and had black band- eyeliner. And bandanas, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was fun to get off of them. <laughs> so it made a, a memorable moment for all who were either participating or watching. So mm-hmm. That was a really, really cool experience. I never want to have to put on eyeliner again. That was not <laughs> yeah, getting that off of all of the guys was very, very interesting. They do not like things near their eyes. And of course, the girl who put it on their eyes used waterproof eyeliner. <laughs> so <laughs> that was fun. So what, what are some things, if you were going to be coaching a new homeschool, high school family that, like, cautionary tales, what are some things that they should know um, that they could do better than you guys experienced? The thing, the, really the, the biggest problem that I have with my time there was that I did not I was not prepared for the SATs, um, mm-hmm. and that though I did have a great education that's all that and matters. learned a lot, really, when you get to college, that's the SATs are what matters for what mm-hmm. most of the colleges that you're going to apply to. That they're looking for high SAT scores, which I did not get, even though I had a 4.0 yeah. GPA. We both we both ended high school with a 4.0 GPA and it still was not enough if we didn't do well on the SATs because that's 
mostly what they're looking for, and it doesn't make sense for to be putting all the weight of the decision for a student on one test that you take maybe a couple times versus four whole academic years that you've done of hard work. Yeah. And it doesn't doesn't make any sense. And that is what killed me with going to Delaware's AA program instead of getting in on main campus is because I just didn't have high enough SAT scores. But, of course, I had a really excellent GPA, and so I'm doing great there. But I know a lot of my friends that were in public school who trained mercilessly for four years on how to ace that stupid test, got high SAT scores, but they didn't have good GPAs, and they made it on campus, and now they're not doing well because they don't have the work ethic, and they don't have, they weren't equipped uh, with their GPA to be able to handle a college atmosphere because they decided to, uh, high school decided to give them the tools for one test, <laughs> not life. So the, the, you know, the backlash, this pendulum swing back and forth of mm. testing for college entrance is uh, such a, a influence on how you do high school. So I know when mm. my oldest kids were preparing for going through the high school process, we did a dedicated course on SATs, and I had them do SAT prep books, and we really hammered on it um, in a balanced way, I think. Um, you know, we, they still got a great education and lots of extracurriculars and all. But by the time Seth and you guys came along, uh, the, the backlash against the SATs, because everybody was losing their whole high school experience by that time, mm -hmm. just studying for the SATs, and everybody's getting ulcers over the SATs. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not a fun thing at mm -hmm. all. Yeah. Like, everybody just lives in terror, you know, needs Xanax over the SATs. And so we low-pedaled it and uh, just, you know, made sure you had good vocabulary. But a marvelous education, I think you guys said. Oh, Incredible. yeah. I mean, I feel, I, I'm definitely very prepared yeah. for for college. Yeah, definitely. It's just getting getting into the yeah. college. Yeah. Um, and, and it puts, one of the reasons that I feel like there's a lot of pressure on the SAT itself is because... It would be one thing if you were taking the SAT in supplement to your GPA, but it's you go into this test and you know that's all that matters. And so it's like, well, I've done all this time studying and taking tests for my GPA over my four years, but it comes down to this one test. So if you don't get any sleep the night before or you, you know, don't remember some random geometry fact from sophomore year and you're sitting there in this crowded classroom where everyone is so stressed out because this is all that matters, that's... Not, it's not fair. Yeah, it's not a good predictor of college success, as you yeah. guys have seen. Is, That's yeah. why Delaware's changing their SAT policy, because they're letting in all these people that have very good SATs, but they don't have the greatest GPAs. And so once they, they're freshmen getting into college, other than the fact that freshmen naturally have a harder time adjusting because it's new, they aren't doing well because they don't have the skills for everyday classroom life. They ace that one test, but that doesn't say anything about their other academic experiences. So what, what if you guys don't mind me asking, now that you guys are in college, mm -hmm. what's your college success now? Like, what's your GPA? Do you mind saying? Um, right now, because I'm still a freshman, so I only have the grades from my first semester, but I ended up with uh, 4.0 for my first semester. I got... I took four full classes and then 
the freshman experience one credit. And so I got an A in all of them. And I mean, it's, it'll be different for every person, but I know that some people failed the freshman experience one just because they didn't do the homework. It was easy. They just didn't do it. So you guys, homeschool experience gave you study skills. Yeah. You, you knew yeah. to study for the things you needed to get a grade on. Yeah, well, I actually yeah. talked to, this semester, I was in history, I'm in history class, and one of the guys that is in my class, I was just talking to him one day, and he failed most of his classes last semester, and I asked him why, because he seemed, you know, like, doesn't really seem like he would be failing everything, and he said he just didn't have the skills, the study skills, to be able to manage that, which I understand, because I'm a good student, and I'm still stressed out about everything. I, I do well because I put a lot into it, but I also am very well equipped for handling those situations. I um, I have a 4.0 as well. Um, I do have one B, though, but that was a remedial math class, so it doesn't count towards your GPA. Mm -hmm. How dare Thankfully. you get a B? How dare you get a B? <laughs> um, and, Nothing worse in the world. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, obviously, <laughs> having a 4.0 GPA... Is not everything. Is not everything all. in the world. I mean... But you just, had the study skills for college. Yeah. 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 I, I just... I don't think either of us want to make it sound like you have to be... Oh, yeah. Definitely. You have to have a 4.0 and you yeah. have to make straight A's. Oh, trust me. I'm already... I'm preparing because I'm changing my major from art history, which is very artsy, to wildlife ecology, which is very science-based, and I'm not the best at science, and I have to take pre-calc, which I'm not bad at math, but I'm not the greatest, so I'm already preparing myself to not get A's in those classes. Passing them is going to be my priority, because there's just times like that, especially we, we grew up in our Mount Sophia environment and everything is, you just, you know, we, we like to succeed, and we like to get A's and everything. But there is a time in your life where you just have to be okay with not getting a C. And it's just, it's life. Or getting an A, I mean. It's just life. It's just life, yep. All right, so just give a few extracurriculars that you guys participated in while you were in homeschooling high school. So what do we you remember? Did, um, we did a lot of the same things. So we were both in the um, speech. Rhetoric. League. Rhetoric. Rhetoric. Um, yeah. We both did uh, choir and madrigals, which is like the select choir mm -hmm. stuff. Um, choir would... was, choir, madrigals was my favorite extracurricular yeah, activity. Mm -hmm. um, You're a music man? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Drama things? Oh, I guess, I mean, we did, we, did, we did drama camp over Every the summer. summer. I don't know yeah. if that, um, yeah, yeah. it's all extracurriculars. Okay. Yeah. I did volleyball year we both were on the golf team uh, we were both yearbook editors yes yeah. and we did, so many. I, did uh, I mean i did soccer in in eighth ninth grade i, I was a grade. swim team manager freshman yeah year. it's all extracurricular oh i was a soccer team manager mm -hmm. yeah yeah forgot about that um, Y'all were on the school leadership team. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> if there's anything we're forgetting, you can just tell us. Um, yeah, because you, you, know our, our, you know our transcripts better than we do. Uh, let me think, what else? We did, we did so many things. I mean, that's, I mean, what we just did is, what we just said is a lot. What do y'all think about the competitions that you guys did while you were in high school? 
we did like the okay, so we did the ACSI, the choir. regional speech competition. Yeah, we did the regional speech and the choir and the, itself competition. Yeah. Um, I would say it's. I mean, it's definitely competitive because you're you know going against people, but it's not so painstaking that you know it's it's not impossible to do well in it, mm-hmm. which that would be really discouraging if obviously you never <laughs> never yeah. did well in anything. But it's a good balance. Uh, what do you What do you mean? Did, would you recommend other? Because we, you know, at Mount Sophia, as y'all's advisor, I always coached people mm-hmm. to do competitions to show that you had drive. Yeah. So, yeah. do y'all find that those were valuable experiences as far as stretching you and you know, oh. showing drive? Yeah, I mean, for me, being um, I'm a music major right now, so doing taking part in the competitions um, really prepared me for the juries which are basically graded performances um, at the end of the year at the end of each semester um, for college Um, taking part in the competitions really prepared me for that and for auditioning now at um, four-year colleges um, prepared me for that as well so that's I mean really important for me. I'm, I'm sure it has mm-hmm. applications for other people as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's there's a certain degree of just benefit that comes from putting yourself out there and things and, you know, showing off what you can do and hoping that, you know, you prepared enough. And I, I'm very appreciative for, even though I didn't want to do this at the beginning, I'm glad I did with the Rhetoric League because it's very, it's very intimidating, but I you have to do presentations in college. And some people are so terrified they just can't. One person in my brother, he's a super senior at University of Delaware, uh, in one of his public speaking classes, they were so terrified that they took a letter grade down to just not do it. Ah. Yeah. And I had to do, I just did a presentation a week and a half ago. Granted, it was only for, you know, two minutes, three minutes, something. But it really gives you, you need to feel confident in your ability to do these things, mm-hmm. to feel okay and obviously you need to prepare and make sure that you know your material, but the skills that I've learned from competitions like that, where you're really putting yourself out there in front of your peers and people who are you know, judging you, but they're judging you in a way that they're not trying to tear you down. They're trying to give you skills to build you up and make you better with everything. Yeah, I think probably the speech competitions would be the most beneficial for um for everybody like mm-hmm. my my anthropology teacher actually the one that I did the class in uh, she's from Sweden and she was talking about how in when she came to America talking to Americans their number one fear over dying is public speaking which is crazy because people just care so much about what everyone thinks of them and you don't want to be up there and you don't want to you know you're uncomfortable and everything but I, we had to do an exercise where we had to go up in front of the class and just make eye contact with people in silence for a minute. And everyone that went up there was so sad looking and everyone just looked like they were miserable. And so I was like, all right, 
we, you know, everyone's uncomfortable with this. It's not fun. So you might as well, you know, lighten the mood and like make it happy. And so I just went up there and just like smiled my biggest smile at everybody and like made eye contact with every single person because, you know, you got to make the best out of those situations because nobody's going to have fun public speaking. There's only a handful of people in this world that actually enjoy that. So you might as well, everyone likes looking at somebody who's happy. And even if you don't know what you're talking about, if you're entertaining to look at, you'll be fine. So some of your, your rhetoric experiences helped in your college classes. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, definitely um, a lifesaver as far as that goes. Because mm-hmm. I, be, I would be the same as everybody else. I would be terrified. And I wouldn't. I still I am scared and I don't want to public speak. But um, you can do it. I can. That's all that matters. I, I'm capable of doing it. And really being part of rhetoric shows you that you just, it's just, it's really just talking in front of people. And that's all it comes down to. And you just have to do it to get over your fear of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that leads to another question. So what are some of the most important courses that y'all took in high school? Definitely writing classes. Because <laughs> that's all you basically do in college is writing things. And whether it be, I think it was very beneficial to learn because my first two years of high school I took the APA writing style and then the last or the MLA and then the last two years I took the APA and so I learned how to do both styles pretty well I'm a little rusty on MLA but I learned how to do them both and every teacher has different formats and crazy whatever things they want you to do but if you know the basics some people in my English 110 class did not know what a thesis was. Yeah, I had the same thing. People didn't people she, asked what a thesis was. She made us write down practice thesis. Theses? 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 Theses. She made us write down them, and she's like, you know, it's it's not a question. It's like, uh, I, she, she, just, she would say these things about what it was, and then everyone would write down something that is the complete opposite of what she just said. And it's like, oh my goodness, people. Does anyone know? Anyone know? So some note-taking skills would also be a good thing. Yeah. But just learning how to write is so, so important. So speech. (laughs) And we we were talking about speech being an important class to take. Yeah, I think if if you learn how to write an essay. You learn how to speak. Then you'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> you will be fine. Well, and then yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Provided you know, provided you got a good score in the SATs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All relies on that. <laughs> but that's I mean that's not to say that going to community college is like bad or anything because yeah. I've loved my time at mm-hmm. Cecil. So. So other other classes that you took that you thought were valuable for you know, other homeschoolers to take. So was there a kind of literature that really impacted you or, um, uh, you know, a science class? Probably not a science class. (laughs) Um, I definitely focus on science, learning the basics of it, but... So some kids are born lovers of science and and some are not. Yeah, I've just come to terms with I just need to do the best I can with science and. (laughs) Yeah, the major I'm switching to requires a lot of science, so we'll see how that goes. (laughs) I would I would probably have to say this one is a little unconventional, but it benefited me and maybe it would benefit somebody. 
else. Uh, I took my senior year, I took a poetry class, and I actually, I like poetry anyway, so that was just very interesting to me, but I was in, over winter session, I took a English 202 slash Art History 202 class um, that was called Biblical and Classical Literature, and we talked about the very short entrances to, or introductions, to uh, the Aeneid and the Odyssey and um, the classic Greek literature and their poem, their poem style. And so for one of the assignments, he had us write one. And I, it, was, it was extra credit, but he had us write one, and I was the first one to turn it in because it's me. And he gave it back to me, and he said that he loved it and that he's going to think of, like, that's going to be his favorite for a really long time and things like that. And so that just was like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you really are an overachiever. <laughs> But the poetry class helped develop your confidence mm-hmm. to, to do some of the extracurriculars that, I mean, the uh, extra assignments that made your teacher notice you, and mm-hmm. that's good for grades, so, and, and good connections, so. I can't remember what, what class yeah, it was, we t- but we read um, Plato's Republic. That was for one of... World the, literature? Yeah, it was for World literature. World literature? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you asked you asked about like books. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anytime that I say that I've read the Republic, <laughs> um, people are astonished. So I say, especially that you read it in high school. Um, so that's cool. I mean, I don't remember anything about it, but um, <laughs> that's a good way to impress to people. Yeah. Um, philosophy. Oh yeah. Um, that was one of my favorite classes. Um, both world history and philosophy. And the um, Philosophy and Four Questions book, which are both available now. Yes. Um. <laughs> I still, I kid you not, from, what, what was the philosophy that I took with you? World, world History world, and philosophy. World History and Philosophy. I loved the layout of that book so much, and I really, like, I enjoyed that class. I still have it. I still have it in a binder on my shelf, because I just, I really liked it. Okay. And I'm not a philosophy person, typically. I, I, I like it. I don't like talking about it. I like listening you know, like listening to people. I don't really like giving my feedback. I just like listening about it. And so I, that, that one was that really, really fun to take. Yeah. What, what made it good? Um, it's, I mean, it just makes you think about things other than what, like things that you wouldn't normally think about in your day-to-day life. Um, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting. Um, two of my favorite podcasts that I listen to now are both philosophy podcasts, three of them. Are, are all philosophy podcasts. So um, it was a, a life-changing kind yeah. of introduction there at high school level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, I think if y'all have any other things that you would suggest to homeschoolers who are starting out. Um, so they, they've never thought about homeschooling high school and they're terrified. What, what would you tell homeschooling families? Find a way to still interact with the world the world with, with friend, make friends um mm-hmm. don't i i would not recommend just staying in your house all the time um whether so yeah, yeah whether it be a co-op or something like a mount sophia an umbrella school you need to be doing something because especially transitioning because I've, I've been to public private homeschool homeschool and then like an umbrella school so i've seen the whole spectrum over my life and 
if you're just in your home all the time, you're going to definitely miss out on constructing classroom etiquette and being used to the way, you know, a teacher that isn't your parent interacts with you and having to deal with professors you might not necessarily, you know, enjoy and things like that. And just, there's this whole classroom etiquette because you don't want to be that person that is off in their own world making, you know, distracting noise or something just because you're not aware of the way that it needs to be in a classroom. Yeah, that's a really good point because every, when you make it to college, you realize that every single professor wants something completely yeah. different from you pretty <laughs> Never much. The same. So if you are, if you have only had one teacher, then you're going to be used to how... Especially if it's your mom. Yeah, you're going to be used to what your mom expects of you and um, how they want you to do assignments. Um, but if you can get something like Mount Sophia, where you get more than one teacher, that will open you up to the idea that mm-hmm. there are more than there's more than one right way to do it because there's going to be everyone's gonna require something different from you. So And you can learn how to build relationships with teachers that way. And that's really important with building the relationships with your professors will lead to a lot of very cool opportunities. And you just need you need to know how to build that, because it's a, it's a very different relationship than, you know, with your friends or your mom or something. It's kind of professional, and it's a really useful skill to learn how to do, because I, I made a point to get close to my wildlife ecology professor before every exam, just because it's also me. I would make a schedule with her and go talk to her about the material before it happened, and so she got to know me and everything, and now... She's giving me a letter of recommendation to go study abroad. And so just making those connections with people is so important and will benefit you so much down the road with getting a job or a really cool experience in your life. That's, yeah, that's Find a way to talk to your professor after, mm-hmm. after class. Uh, let's, let's segue to that question. Oh, so, sorry. Right, I guys. guess we're kind of yeah, pushing on to, That's a good flow. So, so give me some college success tips. Talk to you, go and talk to your professor yes. about anything. It doesn't matter. Even if you know the answer to the question that you want to ask them, figure out a question to go up mm-hmm. and ask them after class or go see them during office hours because um, then they will remember you. And mm-hmm. that's that's 90% of the game there. Mm-hmm. So, And I think one thing, especially because I'm such a person that I love to strive to do my best and everything, something I've had to learn... <laughs> What? <laughs> what? No, no, nothing. Sorry. Uh, well, no, no, no. But you do, and you always do it well, so. Thank you. I am having to learn, especially this semester, there are no teachers that I necessarily dislike at all, but they have, some of them have very different styles than I would learn from, and it's just not going to always be easy and okay and sometimes that just has to be it you know my history class she teaches in a very interesting lecture way where you know the notes the only thing we go off of and if you miss something that's it you could go talk to her about it but it's there's just so much that and there's not a lot of guide to what you need to know for the test and I probably didn't do that well on this last exam but that's just how it is and especially 
if you're a person like me and you love to <laughs> get, get A's all the time, it's just something you have to learn how to deal with because failures are just a part of So life. learning how to not always be the best, even if yeah. you've tried your best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's an important life skill too. Yeah, at some point you're, you have to do, like, you can't study all the time. You have to have fun sometimes. So. Mm-hmm. And learning... Learning how to deal with failure is a very important life skill in general. Indeed. Learning from your mistakes. Yeah, if you could be... Being flexible is also a really big part of it because you're going to... If you learn how to write an MLA or APA style paper, um, you'll think you know what that format (laughs) is and then you'll go in and like your professor will say... You're gonna write an APA style paper about this, and then you're gonna <laughs> then everything that you know about APA papers they're going to contradict and say, do the opposite of that. Write an MLA basically style paper. But you have yeah, one, like one a, small element of APA. Yeah, yeah. APA with no it. subject titles and yeah. transition yeah. sentences. So all, all, over the, all place, the best yeah. things, all the things that make APA the best way to write a paper. Just disregard all that and write an MLA style paper, but we'll call it APA. So you you have to be flexible, yeah. or you just can't survive that. Yeah. So don't get too set in your ways about what each style of paper is. <laughs> what do you, What do y'all think about um, like the things like where you sit in a classroom or mm, yeah, sit at the front mm-hmm. or well, okay. So I never sit in the front. I sit in. I I'll I'll admit it. I sit in the middle. In the second row. Middle and second row. So that's T-zone. Yeah. yeah. A, uh-huh. I, it kind of depends because there's some classes I just naturally get a little anxious in really big classes. Like I don't, I get anxious about saying things like raising my hand and participating in really big classes. So I have to put myself in as far front as I can so I can't see anybody behind me. And then that will encourage me to then raise my hand because I'm not thinking, I'm only looking ahead. I'm not thinking about the, you know, tons of people that are behind me. Uh, And so for classes that I know will be harder for me to participate, like science classes, because I'm not that confident and stuff like that, I'll try to put myself in the front so that I don't think about embarrassing myself to anybody else. But if it's something I'm more comfortable with, then usually I'll try to sit... um, Generally, in you know the first or second row, sometimes on the end or something. It's just somewhere where you can definitely make eye contact with the professor and be engaged without being a hundred miles away <laughs> in the back. What do y'all think about cramming for exams? Um, I say do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the wrong answer. No, but I, you have to I say what does really it work d- for you? I think it really depends on the person because. I am not like that. I need to study. I usually like to do... My favorite way of studying is building on things. So like with art history, instead of trying to memorize 30 paintings with their dates, time periods, and artists, I'll do it in like little blocks. And so like I'll learn one really well, and then I'll add one on, and then go back and redo like one through two and then I'll add three on and then one through three so that it's like building and I do that things like that usually you know two three days in advance or something and do like a repetitive over every single day but then there's people like my best friends who are the uh, twins who go to school with me and they are not like that they are very much you know 
the night before, you know, you're sitting there and you just study it all. And that works for them. That would overwhelm me. But that works for them. Have, have you ever pulled an all-nighter? I have never pulled an all-nighter. I have not done that. I, um, I can't work past nine. I'm dead. I've stayed, I had to stay up till... It wasn't all night, but I had to stay up till like three in the morning or something one time because it was over. It was a summer class um, where we met for eight hours a day for a week. Uh. Um, so, and that's the only reason why is because I literally only had one yeah. day to work on this on this project. Um, mm-hmm. But I know this is the way that my brain works. I am good at memorizing things, so if I have a chance to look at the stuff that I need to look at the day before, um, I can generally do okay. So that works for you, because um, everybody's different. Yeah, for science, for psychology, I had to read... They, she gave us a study guide. Um, and... I... <laughs> where am I going with this? I don't know. <laughs> pulling an all-nighter. Um, I didn't do it, no. Uh, what did I do? I had to go through the study guide... I wrote everything down by hand, and then I typed up my notes, and that's how I studied for the for those exams because it was science. So yeah, stuff like that's really good. I I've definitely figured out because I'm pretty good at memorizing things too, but I'm very much helps me study if I write things, and so with art history for learning the different paintings and things, there's a certain sequence that you write stuff down, and so I'll you know, look at a painting and then write it down to identify it instead of just saying it out loud because that's how you're going to do it on the test is writing it down. You're not going to say it out loud. So, like, getting that familiarity is really important, mm-hmm. I would say. But also, I think that if you can say things out loud, though, too, that's that's one way yeah, that I... That's I mean, another way that yeah. I remember things. I do both. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so would y'all say y'all are glad that you homeschooled high school? Was it a good fit for you? Oh, definitely. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's with Mount Sophia. Yeah. I I don't I would not have liked just mm-hmm. being strict like traditionally homeschooled. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> I would say probably Mount Sophia, but Mount Sophia, not just a traditional homeschool thing, was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Because when I went to Mount Sophia, I had just, I had been homeschooled, homeschooled for two years. And it was in, you know, the middle school years. Not, never good for anybody. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and I was really shy and I didn't have a lot of confidence. And I just, you know, didn't have like a bunch of friends. And so I went into Mount Sophia and I was really shy and quiet. And then through making my friendships and everything and the very one-on-one relationship with the teachers and everything, I am completely the person I am today because of it. I would probably still be so shy and just not who I am today if I hadn't done that. And that pushed me to, you know, do things I wouldn't normally do. And I just gained so much confidence in myself. But that's also because I... We have cats (laughs) contributing to the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... I just wouldn't be, definitely wouldn't be the person with the confidence <laughs> I am today if it wasn't for interacting with 
my professors and fellow students, but definitely professors and fellow students. It would not be the same if I was by myself. <laughs> I guess we better stop because the cat can't. Oh my gosh! <laughs> she can't take the quiet anymore. <laughs> what is she doing? She's attacking nothing. <laughs> She's playing with an invisible. So, sometimes she and Rosie will chase each other around and make all kinds of noise. So she can't find Rosie, so she's doing it. All right, I, I thank you guys. That was fun. Was that okay by y'all? Yeah, that was oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's nice getting it's... to share things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the microphone. <laughs> getting to give words of wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe I'll invite y'all back. Is that right? Did you you contributed to the conversation? Yes. (laughs) And now for some homeschool trivia, brought to you by VickiTillmanCoaching.com. Back in the 1980s, those were the early days of homeschooling in the U.S., the racial diversity was not there. It was mostly homogeneously white in those days. But according to the U.S. Department of Education, these days, the population who are non-white, non-Hispanic is about 15%. So much better representation of uh, racial diversity in homeschooling today compared to the U.S. uh, population at large, which is about 22% non-Hispanic, non-white. We're getting a lot closer. This is good for us and our kids. Another thing that's good for your homeschool high schoolers is to do some career exploration. So if you check 7sistershomeschool.com, you can download a free questionnaire uh, that will get the kids started homeschooling their career exploration and also career exploration in the Bible, which is kind of a cute look at uh, what God did for career exploration with some famous Bible characters. Plus our specially designed career exploration curriculum that's really targeted to homeschool high schoolers. And then you can contact me at VickiTillmanCoaching.com because one of the hats that I wear is career coaching and also life transition coaching. So I can work with your kids and you on their next choices in life. So contact me at VickiTillmanCoaching.com and also download our freebies and career exploration curriculum at 7sistershomeschool.com. Thank you, Seth and Caroline, and thanks to everyone for joining us today. Thanks also to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hey, everyone, please hop over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. I'd appreciate that a whole bunch. We'll see you next week.